Ground ball back up the middle. Altuve backhands on the VR. They get the double play. 4-6-3. Cabrera to Desmond in a 4-6-3. DeScafani, they'll go 4-6-3. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 4-6-3 podcast. I'm your host, Jory Negan Schechter. Thrilled to be joined by Jake Brannon and Zach Warden. The offseason is officially here. Free agency is just hours away. And we have everything you need to know about the biggest free agents coming up. We will be looking through Fangraph's top free agents today and a little bit of a guess where they will land game. And we will see if we can pick anybody correctly on the way from 15 through number 1. Gentlemen, thanks as always for hopping on. Let's jump right into things with number 15 on the list, Nathan Uvaldi. Evaldi, of course, this year battled some injuries with the Red Sox, but when was when he was healthy was pretty good. So to have a number fifteen, I guess, sort of fair in in, uh, in some respects. But do you guys think that he is going to get paid, and where do you think he'll land? Zach, I'll start with you. Yeah, he's cert- he's a super interesting pitcher. Like, I mean, we've seen him kind of in a lot of roles over the past couple of years. Like, at, as the Red Sox ace uh, in the 2018 playoff run, he was a multi-inning reliever, along with being a starter. Like, he would be, like, a perfect number three for a really good team, I think. In terms of where he's going to go, like, I mean, he's got so many options available to him. I think he's going to have a ton of attention, which is really going to kind of help his financial situation. I think... For me, predicting him to a certain team, I unfortunately hate to start this off with maybe a little bit of a boring pick, but I'm sending him back to the Red Sox. I think Boston just can't afford to let him go at this point. Their rotation is awful without him, right? He's so important to that rotation. Like, I mean, without him, uh, their rotation looks like Chris Sale, Nick Pavetta, Brian Bayo, Garrett Whitlock, and Cutter Crawford. So that's not, uh, that's not, not very, it's a little shallow. <laughs> no. So obviously Boston has some other guys that they're trying to get deals done with right now in-house. And so it's probably easiest for them just to bring back Evaldi instead of trying to worry about him leaving and then trying to fill his spot with somebody else. And then Jake, I'll ask you the same question about Evaldi and where you think he will ultimately land. Yeah, I agree with a lot of things Zach said. I think Evaldi's going to generate a ton of interest just because he's a middle middle of the rotation guy and that's what a lot of teams need right now i actually have him going it's it's funny zach picks the the red Sox's favorite team and i'm gonna pick the toronto blue jays my favorite team i i mean i i just think he's the perfect fit for the jays i think he could slot in as the number three starter i actually think he he could have a better season than barrios next year so yeah i i think it's the perfect fit i i could see the jays also siding ross stripling back having him as their five and that gives them a really solid rotation, in my opinion. So both of you guys have them in the American League East. Both of you guys have them on teams that are desperate for some pitching depth. Let's go quickly because they've got them here. The steamer projections projected to be uh, high threes ERA guy, somewhere in the 2.5-ish range in terms of wins above replacement. So I like where both of you are, are thinking. Zach, I lean a little bit more towards you and the Red Sox just based on the fact that he's got some familiarity there. But why why do you think that the Red Sox are like the fit? Is it just because of that familiarity? I think the Red Sox need him more than the Blue Jays would, right? Like if it came down to a, a, a bidding war between the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, like the Red Sox are going to be willing to go a little bit further, unless, of course, they, you know, step up and 
go big with like a DeGrom or a Verlander, I think that he's just so much more important to what the Red Sox hope to achieve than, than the Blue Jays would. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just interested in the Red Sox direction next year. I don't know if they're full-on competing, kind of what their their idea is going into next year. If they just want to sign a couple guys and then maybe deal them at the deadline, or if they're just all in, let's let's sign a t- let's 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 go for it like the Red Sox normally do. And if that's the case, if they are going for it, Eovaldi's an absolute must for them. He's a guy that's that's been he he's just so underrated in my opinion. He's he's not someone that a ton of people talk about, but. He, he struggled with injury a bit this year, but I, I've just always viewed him as a really solid pitcher, a guy that's underachieved a bit in the past and could just be a solid mid-threes mid starting pitcher for, for any competing team. I think also what's interesting is that both of you guys have pointed to teams that, in a lot of respects, don't seem like they're going to be huge spenders this year. I know the Jays are right up against kind of their ceiling just based on comments from guys like Ross Atkins but I mean the the Red Sox under uh, Chaim Bloom have been known to uh, avoid spending the big bucks and that could come back to haunt them a little bit later in this list with some other names and, and some other potential free agents down the line for them but I I do think that the Red Sox are, are a good bet and I, I would say they're probably I mean if not the favorite to sign him again because of that injury history certainly a good bet but he's a guy that, as is going to be the case with a lot of these guys, is going to be uh, kind of difficult to predict. Uh, let's move along now to number 14 on the list. Chris Bassett spent last year, obviously, with the Mets, had a big year. The question is how sustainable that success was. He's had a couple of good years in a row, so he's got a bit of a track record, but nothing in terms of, you know, blow you away, amazing pitcher stuff, more like a solid middle of the road rotation guy. Almost like the polar opposite of uh, Uvaldi in terms of him being uh, more effective than outstanding. So, Jake, where do you think Bassett ends up? Yeah, Bassett, very similar to to Uvaldi, honestly, very similar pitchers. They have Bassett ranked one spot ahead of Uvaldi. I could honestly even see that flipping. Uvaldi has better control, and they both put up similar strikeout numbers. I think Bassett's probably a safer pick. To, to produce well next year, but he's also a little bit older too. So there's there's arguments on both sides of it. But yeah, he's he's someone I struggled a bit with uh, for predicting. He's probably the guy I struggled with the most out of this top list that we have, this top 15 list. But I, I decided to put him back with the Mets. I just can't see them rolling out somebody worse out of this, the three spot uh, for, their, for their starting rotation. Honestly, I think, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think they, they're going to sign somebody that, that's just more more in the four or five range, like a Sean Manaya as their three starter, like guys like that. I think they really need Basia. I think I think they can't roll at somebody worse in in the three spot for their starting rotation. I think also what's interesting there is that like he's not going to be cheap, and obviously the Mets are going to spend money this offseason. They seem committed to doing so under Steve Cohen, just generally speaking. But I don't know if I want to spend money on Chris Bassett. Like I I don't know if he's a guy that I'm willing to spend money on. He's Already 34, right? He's not exactly a spring chicken. Yeah, and, and they're going to have to spend money on DeGrom. I'm, I'm, that's, I guess that's kind of foreshadowing my, my pick. But I, I do think they're going to sign DeGrom as well. Um, and that's why I, I struggle with Basit, because I don't know if they're going to be able to afford Basit and DeGrom, because DeGrom's going to, obviously, he's going to cost so much money as well. But I just don't see, I don't think they can afford to, to, to not sign Basit as well as DeGrom. And Zach, what do you like for him? Where do you think he goes? Yeah, so obviously we mentioned him and Eovaldi very similar. So 
you know, the two the two teams that I did consider putting Evaldi on other than the Red Sox were the Blue Jays and the Cardinals. So that's where I have Bassett going. I have him signing with the Cardinals. I think he'd be a really good fit kind of with their defense there. He's a big ground ball guy. Um, you know, I, I think the Mets are probably the favorites to bring him back. Like Jake said, you know, they're going to need to fill in that three spot. And, you know, who's better than, than Bassett there? But I do think that the Cardinals are going to be looking, right? Like we saw them get exposed in the playoffs for their lack of starting pitching depth. And, you know, Bassett might not be that top number one guy, but he's a really, could give you a really number good number two guy. You know, this past season, he had a 48% ground ball rate. And I think he'd just be a really good fit in St. Louis. Are, are you at all concerned, maybe concerned is the wrong word, but that the Cardinals wouldn't be willing to commit money-wise to him because, and obviously the, the Cardinals are willing to spend money, generally speaking, they're not like a small market team, but would you be concerned that they, they would shy away from spending money uh, pitching-wise and then just kind of betting on their defense being good enough and then obviously the one-two punch of Goldschmidt Arenado carrying the load offensively. I mean, we saw that with like Quintana and we saw that with Montgomery this past season. So I wonder if, if the Cardinals maybe are scared to sign him. I think, I think, I don't know, like maybe I'm reading in a little bit too much to like you mentioned, right? Like Montgomery and uh, Quintana there like moves geared towards their defense. And I think that a Bassett Evaldi signing would kind of do that exact same thing. But you know, like, it's kind of been reported that they might might be in on DeGrom. I think I've seen that. And, you know, like, obviously, if they get one of the big guys, they're not going to be kind of shopping in the, the number two, three starter range. But I think in terms of what we've seen from the Cardinals, it kind of makes sense to me for them to be rolling out, like, three or four number twos and no number ones than to, to really go big game hunting this offseason. Yeah, the, the Cardinals are interesting. I mean, right now, Steven Matz slots into their five spot. And they lose Jose Quintana. So I'm not sure if they just run out Mats as their five pitcher or if they do look for another starting pitcher in the free agent market. I mean, they could obviously use a starter. They could use a, a top-end starter. Like we mentioned, they always just roll out kind of middle-of-the-rotation guys, and that's why they don't make deep postseason runs. And that's that's probably what they're going to have to do if they want to do that. They're, they're going to have to sign a really big starting pitcher they can't just keep signing these middle of the rotation guys if they if they really want to compete with the big big teams in the in the MLB also kind of to that point about them not rolling out uh big arms I mean like Jack Flaherty was supposed to be that for them and then he wasn't right and and like he's kind of at this point it seems like the ship has kind of sailed on him so I I, I guess just to to the point on on pitching for them it obviously exacerbates it the fact that they spent money on mats last year and that didn't work and you know they've kind of taken a lot of chip shots and haven't haven't taken a big swing so i would be i would be curious if the if the cardinals would be a bet to maybe make a make a significant swing i just don't know if they'd be willing to do so so let's keep rolling right along here to number 13 we've got anthony rizzo formerly of the new york yankees now uh, a free agent given the uh, the opt out uh, Rizzo kind of looked, I don't want to say washed, but like a couple of years back, he did not look like the Anthony Rizzo of old. And then this past year, he had a really big year, or maybe not really big, but certainly a good year. So I would imagine he's in high demand and still only 33, which is kind of shocking to me. I, I feel like he's, he feels like he's like much older than 33, but there's still a lot of runway with him. I'd imagine if any team does sign him. Now, the question is, 
who's going to value a first baseman like that, albeit a pretty good defensive first baseman, but who's going to value a first baseman like that? Yeah, I, I got him going back to the Yankees, I think. Um, you know, it, it seems like the cleanest fit. They they make that trade for him. He really stepped up this year. By all reports, he's, like, huge in that clubhouse there. So I think, you know, it, it kind of makes sense for him to go back there. It's it's an easy signing. It, it sounds like they're going to offer him the qualifying offer. And, you know, he is 33, right? So realistically, he, he's probably going to get two, maybe three years. AAV will probably be less than that qualifying offer anyways so like i mean you know they'll, they'll offer him that and then i could i could really see him coming back to new york it seems like he he fit there really well yeah i mean i could definitely see the yankees as well the only reason i decided not to pick the yankees is just because they have a bit of a crunch there with them being forced to play Giancarlo stanton at dh every day i thought it kind of made sense for them to just move dj lemayhew to first base full time and that's kind of how you replace uh, replace Rizzo, and then they can look for outfielders to uh, to shore up that lineup. But yeah, I ended up going with uh, Josh Bell to the pot to the pod or Josh Bell to the Padres, <laughs> Anthony Rizzo to the Padres. I was thinking of Josh Bell because they had Josh Bell, and they didn't really use him every day in the World Series, which was kind of interesting. Uh, I thought that they would be relying on Bell every day for sure, but it seems like they. I don't know. It seems like that they're not going to bring him back. And I think Rizzo is kind of, uh, he's a good replacement for them for sure. I, I love the Padres pick. A um, bit of a reunion there. Throw a big throwback there back in ye olden days before even the even the Cubbies. The Padres seem like a really kind of sneaky good fit. Obviously the Yankees already have the fit given that he was playing with them. But I don't know. There 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 is that log jam that, that kind of could cause problems uh, so to speak, just in terms of not enough ABs to go around. And they made it work this year, but at some point, if you start running like six designated hitters, you're not going to have much success. Um, but the Padres also, do they have like a bona fide leadoff guy? Because I wonder if he's a fit there. Yeah, that's that's another thing too. They, they were struggling with who to go with in the leadoff spot in the postseason this year. They were flipping between Hassan Kim against lefties. They would use profiles sometimes. But yeah, getting getting somebody to consistently be in that leadoff spot, which is what I wanted the Yankees to do with Rizzo this year, which they didn't. But I think yeah, that that that's another thing that definitely makes it makes him a great fit for the Padres. Not just that they have a huge hole at first base right now; they don't really have it right now. They're kind of looking at moving Jake Cronenworth from second to first, and then maybe finding somebody to play second. But I I think yeah, just keep keeping Cronenworth at second and finding and getting a first baseman and and one that could lead off to kind of. Yeah, kills kills two burns with one stone there. So Zach, your Yankees picks getting slandered here, and you have you have nothing to say to that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you guys are going with the Padres, and that's fine. I guess we'll find out what I think about that later. Well, I I mean, the Yankees <laughs> had that problem last year. They had the the logjam problem last year, and they still re-signed Rizzo. So I mean, they they definitely like him. They like him at the short porch in in Yankee Stadium, but. Yeah, I, th- I think it made sense for Rizzo to opt out for sure, just just because he was going to get 16 mil, and I think he gets that similar rate over multiple years. So. And, and Cashman was saying today that the, the Yankees are interested in bringing him back. Yeah, so I, sure. I, I, I just think that the, the fit is pretty clean, and you know, for a team that may be losing some other big names, that you know, he's, he's a good guy to bring back. Yeah, the fit there is... is... 
like you've kind of outlined the fit there is like obvious it's just i don't know i just can't you can't shake that feeling and the padres i don't know i just i love that pick. <laughs> i just love it uh speaking of first baseman another guy that's headed to the open market number 12 on Fangraphs list it's jose abreu the 36 year old officially uh severing ties if you will with the white Sox. they've said more or less that they are done with that which is a shame because he's like a good player uh won that mvp in 2020 and he's like a legit uh as the uh fangraphs article calls it professional hitter uh he does good things with the stick um don't don't worry too much about the glove but also first base defense doesn't doesn't matter uh uh jake where do you think abreu's headed yeah another team that just has a huge hole at first base right now losing yuli guriel i'm gonna go with him to the astros it's it's kind of interesting i don't know how financially they're gonna make it work if they want to bring back verlander and and get a first baseman which they desperately need they could just re-sign guriel which would obviously be the cheaper option but them getting imagine them getting a Brayu and Verlander after winning the World Series that would that, that would definitely be uh put them in contention to to repeat for sure yeah but a Brayu is just yeah like you mentioned a professional hitter just such a solid player contributes every year hasn't really had a down year since he he joined the MLB as 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 a late rookie at the age of 27 he's been he's been good every year he's been he's had some he's had his ups and downs for sure but Every year he has been at least solid production. You can't argue with that. And yeah, just just a professional hitter for sure. Now, here's a silly question for you regarding the Astros. I know that they just declined his mutual option, but is Trey Mancini like just completely out of the picture there? And I know that he's technically an outfielder, but I mean we all saw that play at first base. But uh, but no, seriously, is he not is he not a guy that uh, that would be in the conversation with them? Yeah, I, th- I think they just kind of fully lost faith in Mancini in the World Series they started setting him start yeah I mean I, I I don't I don't know I don't I don't see them bringing him back at all and there's not really a reason to to be honest if you look at his numbers there's there's just nothing special there he has to provide more with the bat if he isn't going to contribute anything defensively so yeah I think Mancini's kind of more of a I mean I I, I couldn't see any a contending team really signing him on the bench so he's probably more of a a lower end team starter at this point, middle middle of the rotation bat for for not a great team in the MLB. All right, Zach, we've let uh, Jake go on enough and uh, <laughs> share us Jose Abreu propaganda. Where do you like the thirty six year old to land? Yeah, so I have Abreu going to the Padres. <laughs> oh, <Nice>. interesting, <laughs> so, interesting. So obviously the the needs there at first base, as you guys kind of detail talking about Rizzo. You know, the lineup thing didn't come into consideration for me as much, but looking at it, like, Abreu had a higher OBP than Rizzo this year and is projected to have a higher one next year. So, realistically, you could hit Abreu one if you wanted to, but, you know, <laughs> for, for me, I feel like you could just go Tatis, Soto, Machado, Abreu. That plays. And that would be pretty good. But the, the reason why I did pick Abreu there is, you know, San Diego... Maybe I'm thinking a little bit too much about Fernando Tatis, but, like, I mean, having a veteran Cuban leader in the locker room somebody who by all accounts was huge in chicago's clubhouse was huge for kind of keeping them together as a team i think he's just the perfect fit as a leader in san diego and can kind of go in there hit play first base and bring along all these young talented players and kind of provide them a direction of something to strive to and you know be that that solid rock that that team maybe doesn't have as you know that they're who, who are their leaders right now like Machado, sure. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if you can I call mean, Machado yeah. a leader. He's he is older, but he's not 
exactly mature for sure <laughs> yeah there's been the the character issues in the past if you if you want to call them that yeah. i remember the the beef he used to have with josh donaldson and that dates back to his al east days yeah yeah so i mean you, you put it you put an adult in the room who can hit and play first base where you have a hole i think he's just a really good fit in san diego that also makes a lot of sense the padres are kind of gonna be low-key one of the most interesting teams in the offseason um, I'm I'm just kind of thinking about this a little bit. They're not necessarily uh, you know littered with holes, but they're a team that underwhelmed this year, and is I mean is known to be splashy at times. So uh, it could be super interesting. Uh, let's move along now to number eleven, and I think there's only really two options for this guy. This is Clayton Kershaw, uh, the um, ready for this hot take, the greatest pitcher in Dodgers history. Um, well, I mean, like, there's, you know, whatever. Sure. Anyways, um, no, but Clayton Kershaw, we all know kind of what his deal is. He's a Texas boy, so it's either the Dodgers or the Rangers, right? Or am I missing somebody? Uh, Zach, I'll pose that question to you. Yeah, on my list, I have Kershaw dash Dodgers slash Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> We're just doing this again. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, it, it kind of feels like there's two options, but I, I will say... Imagine in Kershaw pitch in a jersey that isn't the Dodgers is is pretty weird. So I, I think that he's got to be back in L.A. I feel like, you know, he, he should end his career there. And we don't really see it a lot anymore, especially, you know, in, in any professional sport that guys stick it out with one team. So hopefully, I think hopefully for Dodgers fans, he's he's there. And hopefully for MLB fans, he'll he'll stay there. Yeah, I mean, a guy that's talked about retiring, I, I can't really see him just deciding to move to a completely different state i think yeah i think the dodgers make a ton of sense it's it's where he's been his whole career and yeah i mean i don't really argue with the greatest dodgers pitcher of all time i mean shout out to sandy koufax for sure but he only pitched till he was 30 so it's it's, yeah i mean kershaw has the longevity there he's been good for them for so long i mean the dodgers i i think they could make it work without him for sure i mean they just they have their way with pitchers they bring in these guys that are nobodies and turn them into somebodies but yeah i think i think i, I if kershaw is going to be playing baseball i can't see him not playing for the Dodgers. and also it's not like he hasn't been good like he's oh, yeah. been really good for them so the the fit there in terms of like a rotation piece for the dodgers is there because he's good and the dodgers have never been gun shy about spending money as is well documented so i mean like yeah, the Dodgers to me seems like the obvious pick, and then if the Rangers want to get spicy and and uh, Kershaw's like yeah, I'm kind of done with the Dodgers, which would be a little bizarre, um, then I guess maybe he goes there. But this is this is like, I don't even know if we need to spend the whole five minutes yeah. on Clayton Kershaw. Uh, do you guys want to maybe spend a minute just uh, gushing over Kershaw because we could do that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, if they don't sign Kershaw, their top three looks like Urias, Gonsolin, and May. Which is good, but I mean, just having Kershaw as the number two guy behind Urias is, it just makes it so much deeper, right? I think, I, I don't know, I can't see a team that spend as, spends as much as the Dodgers, as good of a year as Tony Gonsolin had, I can't see them rolling out there with him as their number two starter. I think, if, if it's not Kershaw, they, they have to at least get somebody. Also, I mean, just thinking about the Dodgers, like, are you really going to lose that many guys in a single offseason, right? Like, I mean depending on how you feel about their situation with Trey Turner, if you lose him and Kershaw, like you're, you're not getting better. And for a team like them, 
you know, I, I feel like they're al- always are getting better. And if you're going to take that kind of step back this year, when, you know, the Padres are obviously on the come up and the giants are looking to spend, like you're leaving yourselves at, at a disadvantage and also shout out to the diamondbacks who are also on the come up. So, you know, it, it seems to me like leaving a guy like Kershaw off your roster is just really going to hurt you. That, uh, that monologue of the Padres on the come up and the Giants are ready to spend money. I feel like it's 2018 again, man. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that Kershaw to the Dodgers uh, makes too much sense to not say Dodgers. It seems like we're probably uh, in the early stages of Clayton Kershaw uh, entering his Adam Wainwright phase, uh, as uh, as it were. Um, obviously, a much higher peak. Uh, than what Rain- Wainwright ever had, but pretty difficult to see Kershaw pitching elsewhere unless something catastrophic happens, like uh, the big one happens and California breaks off of the United States and the Dodgers uh, secede from Major League Baseball. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's move right along here to another really interesting one. Uh, Wilson Contreras, arguably the best catcher in baseball for most of the year, slowed down I think a little bit towards the end of the season, but nevertheless still going to be a highly coveted bat, especially because he plays at a premium position where being able to hit is basically found money. Uh, He uh, arguably will get more money than his stick would be worth, but just because he's a catcher, no one's going to question it. Now the question is where he actually ends up. And there's a couple of suitors Across Major League Baseball, I mean, the Cardinals come to mind for me, but I'd be curious where you guys think Wilson Contreras could land. And I mean, the Cardinals would be him bouncing to an NL Central rival. So is that even a possibility? Zach, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, just just looking today, Morosi, John Morosi reported that, you know, he's hearing three teams, the Cardinals, the Astros, and the Tigers. So, you know, like, I mean, obviously there's three teams there that are looking for a catcher. I, I think that you know the cubs are certainly in play there still it seems like they would you know seems like they committed to trying to bring him back by not trading him at the trade deadline so you know there's there's possibly something there but i went outside of all those four teams i went with him going to the giants you know the the joey bart experiment has kind of failed he is not the catcher that he was supposed to be and you know since losing buster posey they've kind of been looking for that replacement and i mean I, I really do think that it's probably between the Giants and the Cardinals, you know, both trying to replace franchise icons in Molina and Posey. But I just feel like, you know, we're hearing that the Giants are looking to spend money and here's a guy that you'll get to spend a lot of money on. So I think he's a, he's a really good fit there. And that's, that's why I, I got him going there. That's a fascinating one. The Giants pick in terms of the spending money. I mean, Wilson Contreras is begging to get money spent on him. Uh, as the best catcher in the class, I'd say. Yeah, like he's not exactly a defensive juggernaut back there. So the the fall from Posey to him and obviously Bart in between and unfortunate that him as a former top prospect never really panning out. But um, with Contreras, right, it'd be, it'd be a, a change in terms of what they got from Posey on the defensive side uh, of the ball. But uh, offensively, I mean... That seems like it would be kind of like a, a decent little, I mean, not carryover, but the 
parallels are there, minus, you know, the Hall of Fame resume of uh, multiple World Series rings and being a, a icon in his city. Uh, Jake, we have rhymed off several names as potential fits at the catching position. Do you have any of those as your Wilson Contreras landing spot? Yeah, it's interesting. I actually don't have any of the names that you guys mentioned. I also went outside of the three teams that uh, that Morosi reported on there. I actually have them going to the Minnesota Twins. I think uh, they're going to lose Gary Sanchez, and I think uh, I think they're going to replace one poor defensive catcher with another poor defensive catcher. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just I'm just kidding. I, I I think Contreras is a really he, he's not a great defender, but he is a really good uh, he would he would be a good signing. He's a great uh, offensive player, but yeah, I think the Twins are kind of in a weird spot right now. I think they're kind of a middling team that could. That, that needs something to spark their lineup. They have a sneaky good rotation, actually, that not a lot of people are talking about with Gray, Joe Ryan, and Tyler Malley, but they could really use somebody in their lineup, and I think they have a big hole at catcher right now with Ryan Jeffers, and I think signing signing somebody like Contreras would be a great move for them. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I just, I, I, I just look at the way their lineup works, and I think that that would be a great signing. I, I can speak a little bit on the Twins. I've become intimately familiar with them over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, the Contreras fit definitely makes a ton of sense. It's basically Ryan Jeffers and nobody else catching-wise. They are desperate for a catcher. Uh, I don't know where they're necessarily going to find it. Uh, the trade market for, for catchers, I don't think, is exactly robust. So certainly would say that free agency seems like the route the question is if the twins will spend the money um because they're about to clear a lot of money the whole idea was this offseason was going to be all about flexibility and uh they're gonna have all sorts of money to spend with correa opting out and we'll talk about where his landing spot is down the line uh the question is if the twins will be allowed to spend all of that money that is opening up like they've got uh, guys like Bundy, who they've declined, they're going to decline if they haven't already. They've got uh, Chris Archer, the mutual option, which is he's on his way out. They've got Miguel Sano, another guy with a with an option, he's on the way out. So the money should be there in spades. I don't know if the Twins will be spending that money. To me, they seem like a team primed to strip it down, but I don't know. I uh, I do see the Wilson Contreras fit um, very very strongly. I just don't know if the money will be there to ultimately do that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's a completely fair assessment. I kind of went into this not thinking about, or just kind of looking at what would be the best fit for the team. And they do have the money for it. It's not like they couldn't make the move. It's just whether they do ultimately decide to do that or not. The Cardinals are interesting just because they've never really, they've had Yachty for so long, right? Just a defensive catcher. And just moving on from a defensive catcher to somebody like Wilson Contreras would be would be really interesting. I don't I don't I don't know if that's kind of what their front front office envisions. If they just always want to have a defensive catcher, or if they would completely switch up uh, their strategy. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know what to do with the Twins, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like everything all will be determined by Correa, right? Like, if he walks, then you're kind of left in limbo almost right like i mean unless you're going to replace him with one of these other stud shortstops you know are you, are you really going to lose correa and then sign Contreras? like i mean it's 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 a tough i agree like what you said about the rotation it is a really underrated rotation it is good i just i just find it hard to believe that they 
would lose Correa and then maybe decide to go all in on Contreras. I don't know. Like, obviously, they do need a catcher. So he's he's a really good fit there. And I, you know, didn't have them on my list, but I think that's a, that's a great pick. Yeah, I, I think they need more than Contreras, too. I think, I think it can't just be that move. If they're going to make it. That's kind of like a... If they do make that move, they're kind of going all in, and maybe they should sign another big guy as well. Yeah, no, it'd, it'd be super cool if they got him, and I, I don't know who you want to say. Like, I mean, <laughs> like maybe one of the, the, the mid-20s guys, like like Ben Benintendi would be, you know, an interesting move. There's a couple guys out there. Let's keep cruising. Speaking of outfielders, uh, we've got on-base god Brandon Nimmo, another guy from the Mets heading to the open market. The Mets are going to have to spend a lot of money if they want to retain this core, uh, and they've expressed a willingness to do so in spades. We just saw them retain Edwin Diaz for the priciest uh, reliever contract in Major League history. Uh, will they shell out the cash for Nimmo now? That's the million-dollar question at the moment. Jake, do you see Nimmo as a Met next year? I don't see Nimmo as a Met. I think that they can make it work without him offensively just because they can move Jeff McNeil to the outfield and then play Luis Guillorme at second and kind of platoon him there. I think the team that I predicted that Nimmo's going to go to is actually the, the Marlins, another team that really needs offense. They, they have a really, they have a lockdown rotation, you could almost say even, but they definitely need a bat and they need an outfielder. I think putting him in center field would be a great move for the Marlins long term. Um, he's Nimmo's a guy, yeah, a great on, on base percentage guy and a guy that improved his defense drastically this year as well. Yeah, just looking at his his stat cast page, like I mean his his defensive acumen is certainly interesting. He was, you know, thirty fifth percentile in outfield jump, but somehow ninety first percentile in outs above average. So, you know, interesting. In, interesting. Yeah, like how how are you that that far apart in those two metrics? But you know, he's he's another tough one for me. Like, you know, there was the the MLB trade rumors article where Billy Epler said that the Mets were willing to play Starling Marte in center field and. You know, is that just a ploy to try and play the negotiation game with Nimmo? Or, you know, is that them actually being serious and, and willing to lose him? Like, I mean, I think he's he, he's a super good fit anywhere, right? Like a left-handed bat who can play all three outfield positions that you can plug into your lineup and he'll, he'll get on base. I think, I, I, I have him going back to the Mets, right? Like, I think, again, just the familiarity there, the kind of the importance that he had to that team. I know that they said that about Marte playing center field, but that's probably not what they want to do so i have him going back there i also had him as a potential blue jay i'm not sure what you guys kind of think about that as him maybe coming in and being that left-handed bat who can give springer some time off his feet in center yeah i mean the jays were somebody that i definitely had in the back of my mind for sure um the only reason that i decided not to go with the jays is just because they have jansen at catcher and they have kirk at dh and then they have three guys in the outfield so they would definitely have to trade somebody if they wanted to bring in Nimmo, which would be a solid move to bring in Nimmo, trade one of the catchers for a pitcher who's cheap and under team control for a while. But I don't know. I just, yeah, I I could see the bets as well. It's just, I don't think they get Nimmo and DeGrom. That's kind of my thought process there. And I, I kind of just had to pick one. I, uh, I wonder, uh, going back to your Marlins pick, if they are scared off by Nimmo and not even scared off, but just because of their bad experiences trying to sign corner outfielders uh, last year. And obviously past uh, past results does not equal future results. But uh, Jorge Soler went extremely sideways, as did Avisail Garcia. 
And, um, I mean, listen, Brandon Nemo is far superior to both of those players, but the Marlins are already um, a poverty franchise. So I, I don't know. I mean, they could, they could go out and do something. But um, that, to me, is, would be really surprising. I don't know if the Mets are, are a fit either, because at some point the money's going to run out. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily have an answer as to who it's going to be. But um, sorry, guys, the vibes are bad on both. <laughs> <the> <laughs> Just trash of both. Of them. Sorry, sorry. Let me send him to the Padres, and you'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a smart pick. <laughs> let's uh, let's keep rolling because we've got several guys left to go. Uh, next up, we've got um, a shortstop and a class of shortstops. Just like last year, up the middle, there are names coming out of names coming out of names. Uh, we've got Dansby Swanson, uh, formerly of the Atlanta Braves, headed to the open market. Uh, big breakout year for him in a lot of respects. Uh, big defensive guy there, and the um, bat came a long way as well. Whether that is sustainable is to be determined. But Dansby Swanson will no doubt garner interest just based on the fact that he plays a premium position. We've talked a little about some of the other shortstops, namely Carlos Correa. I wonder if the Twins are an option, but I ask you, Zach, where you think he could be headed. I got him going to the Twins. Of course. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually do think he'd be a good replacement, right? Like, I mean, it seems like Correa, Bogarts, and Turner are going to be signed pretty quickly by some some of the bigger spenders which might not be the twins right so so Dansby might wait until you know all that money's gone to get a better contract from kind of the mid-tier teams and I think that you know like we just talked about if the the twins lose Correa they got to bring in some guys and and Dansby would be a great fit there yeah like a, a discount option right and obviously he won't be an actual discount he's gonna get a lot of money and uh he um he screams Javi Baez a little bit to me, not necessarily in the way he plays, just in the way that he might get a lot of money and might not be worth it. But um, the Twins seem like the type of team that isn't willing to spend with the big boys, but if the opportunity presents itself to go out and spend some money on a bit of a, um, call it bargain bin, although Dansby's going to get 25 almost likely, um, there could be a fit. Jake, I saw you had a certain type of reaction uh, are we on the same wavelength? We are, yeah. I, I, I'm actually shocked that we both picked the Twins for Swanson. We haven't picked the same team for too many of these so far, but yeah, that's kind of uh, an off-the-board one. Not a, I don't think a lot of people have uh, Swanson going the Twins. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be a great move for them just because right now they have Polanco at short, and he's not a great defender. So if they lose Correa, they need to bring in somebody to play shortstop defensively. I don't think that they can rely on Polanco at short. And then even if they're going to put a rise at second, I'm not sure if they're going to put him at second or first, but he's not a good defender either. So having Polanco in a rise up the middle would kind of be a nightmare. And I think Swanson's just the perfect fit for them, honestly. I do agree, Jory, that I, I, I think that he is going to get a little bit too much money in free agency. So if I was a team, I probably wouldn't be looking to sign him. I'd be looking elsewhere, more in the Korea and Xander Bogarts market, just because I have a ton more confidence in them. I kind of think... Swanson overachieved a bit offensively this year but what he did defensively was was incredible and if he can sustain that for for multiple years and regress only a little bit offensively he still will be a very valuable valuable player yeah no 100% just spend the extra money to get one of the better players right like I mean I think it's if you're gonna spend 25 million on a player why not spend 30 right like I mean 
I think it's pretty simple. But you know, once once all those guys are gone, Dansby's going to be the best one available. So, and he, he's a pretty fun player, right? Like, I mean, former first overall pick, really good defender. He he would be a a good fit anywhere. I think. I also wonder if, like, is Royce Lewis still a guy? Like, it doesn't feel like he's a guy because he's been hurt a lot. But also, like, maybe the fit isn't there because the Twins are like, it's it's Royce Lewis season, baby. <laughs> well, if they sign Contreras, they got to bring in somebody like Swanson. Exactly. Um, if in for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> no, I, I think the thing with Lewis is he's also not a good defender, so they probably don't see him at short long term. If he does pan out, they could move him around, maybe play him in the outfield. They probably they're probably looking at Miranda as their third baseman long term. But yeah, second base or outfield for Lewis could be an option if he does end up panning out. But yeah, it's definitely up in the air with his injury history for sure. You know what? Uh, if uh, if everything goes sideways and uh, you know it just it doesn't happen for uh, for Royce Lewis, those. Uh, those Twinkies uh, are surely thrilled that Austin Martin is waiting in the wings. Yes, sir. Noted, uh, noted best hitter in the 2021 MLB draft. Let's keep cruising up to number seven. We're rapidly approaching the top five. Uh, Carlos Rodon, uh, last year with the San Francisco Giants, who just turned another pitcher into a god. Uh, Rodon had a huge year last year. Uh, I would argue one of the best left-handed pitchers in all of baseball. Uh, at least last season, he was exceptional. And uh, the White Sox didn't QO him, so they can give him the QO and recoup some, some well, not really some assets. They get they get a look at a draft pick, which I mean they'd rather have the player. Anyways, Carlos Rodon, where's he headed? Yeah, quick note about Austin Martin. He hit two home runs this past season. Good big for on, big on base percentage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Rodon, like super super awesome pitcher. Like he totally showed that he's back and he's healthy. So. I'm sure the Giants are super interested in bringing him back. And, you know, for me, in terms of predicting where he was going to go, I thought about the Blue Jays again. <laughs> I keep on having the Blue Jays coming in second on all these guys, but I have Radon going to the Braves. I think that the Braves are kind of in the market for that, like, big number, maybe, like, a, a dual guy to go head, uh, like, pocket aces with Max Freed, right? Maybe a little bit more of a power guy. I think that if they lose Dansby, right, and they're not going to be replacing him with a shortstop, they're going to maybe spend that money on a big pitcher. So I think Radone is one of the more attractive pitchers, and it's going to be a really aggressive market to try and get him. Yeah, gosh, the the Braves with Radon, that would definitely be dangerous. I mean, they lose Dansby, but they have a top prospect, Vaughn Grissom, to replace him at shortstop, and then they just make their rotation already a good rotation that much better signing yeah freed and radon at the top and then strider kyle Wright, charlie morton as your five i mean yeah that's just disgusting that would be just absolutely terrifying disgusting. but yeah i mean i i didn't end up going with him to the braves my pick was actually the rangers a team that spent big last offseason on offensive players and i think now they're going to be looking to sign someone long term as a pitcher a team that that desperately needs pitching at this point I mean, Martin Perez was was a revelation for them this year. I could also see them bringing him back, but I, a, a lot of teams are going to be in the market for Perez as a middle-of-the-rotation guy that almost every team could use. Uh, John Gray was another really good breakout for them this year. So, yeah, adding adding him to a rotation that basically just has John Gray and no one else, they have some interesting prospects for sure. But, yeah, I think I think after they spend all that money on, on Seager and Semyon, getting somebody in the rotation also makes sense. 
Yeah, they desperately need that. And they've got the help on the way on the uh, on the rotation front as well, obviously, in, uh, in the Vandy boys. Yep. Um, so the fit there, and I know that those guys are a little further off, but the fit there is certainly logical. Um, if they're willing to spend the money, Carlos Rodon does make a ton of sense. Uh, I wonder if they just don't. I wonder if they're like, we spent, and now it's time for the farm to do its part. Um, it would be fun if they added Rodon. I just don't know if they'd be committed to it, which would be silly because they've obviously already spent all this money, and there's no salary cap in baseball. Just spend money, you both. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I, I think a lot of teams are going to be in on Rodon as well, so I could see this going a ton of ways. I just thought... Yeah, I mean they already invested all this money. You're kind of already all in. You can't back out now. So let's let's keep it going. Let's keep spending the money and and hope the young guys pay it out and you can potentially turn into a World Series team, right? So yeah, it'd be be really cool to see him go to Texas. I think that'd be a super good fit. Like I mean, like like we've all kind of said, there's a ton of teams, right? Like I mean, I also thought about the Cardinals for him. The you know the Red Sox maybe if they want to get involved in in big pitching. Um, like, I mean, the Angels, you know, he, he kind of feels like somebody that the Angels would sign to me. Um, you know, like, there's just a lot of teams that could use a guy like him. So it'll, it'll be super interesting to see where he does go. Yeah, I, I, I think he'd be a great fit for the Jays, too. I just think financially, after they give out all that money to Springer, all that money to Barrios, I don't think they're going to be willing to do it for Rodon as well. I think he's due for a big payday after uh, the year that he had. But yeah, I mean, he would be an amazing fit. I would love him with the with the Blue Jays as well. Any any team should, would love Rodon. The Cardinals, yeah, a lot of suitors for sure. There's no such thing as a bad fit for Carlos Rodon. I mean, unless he gets hurt, then that's an issue. But I mean, it's been a year and a half. Well, I mean, he was hurt during his big year. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> let's uh, let's move right along here. Uh, Rodon, I'd say, was kind of on the cusp of like the megastar free agents. I think we've really entered the realm of the big, big, big name dudes. Let's start with Xander Bogarts. Uh, Zach, I know you're intimately familiar with him growing up uh, following the Red Sox. Uh, is Chaim Bloom going to continue to slash payroll and let Bogarts walk into the ocean? I wish I could say no. <laughs> <laughs> That's just sad to hear. That's just sad to um, hear. Oh, no. You know, I, I feel like the Red Sox, you know, I, like I said earlier with Eovaldi, right? Like, I mean, they, they got to bring him back. Like, you got to bring Bogarts back. It seems like he's kind of the, the face of the franchise. You know, as good as Devers is, you know, Xander's kind of been there, done that a little bit more. And he's kind of carried over the post-Ortiz Red Sox teams. So, you know, it does kind of suck to sit here and project him to go somewhere else, but you know, it seems like they haven't really given him the respect that a franchise icon deserves. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's, if he's ready to walk. So, you know, for him, I did have a tough time projecting because, you know, it, he is one of these shortstops, right? Like that could kind of go anywhere. In the end, I decided to have him go to the Phillies, which, you know, like, who knows? It could happen. Mm-hmm. But okay, um, I see it. You know, it obviously the the interest that Turner expressed in the Phillies today kind of came out. But I do think that Bogarts is going to demand a little bit less money than those guys. And you know, maybe the Phillies should be spending their money elsewhere, like on the pitching staff. But the, uh, <laughs> the bullpen that doesn't exist. <laughs> but you know what? I I do think that. There's, there's a spot for him there. You know, obviously, I do, I do really like Bryson Stott, but 
when you can get Xander Bogarts, I don't think that there's really much of a debate there. And he would he would go in there and give them, you know, everything that he's given the Red Sox the past few years. Yeah, I do. The Phillies are the Phillies prepared to spend even more money because, like, I know there was that article that came out uh, prior to the World Series about the new money ball, which is spending money. But surely the Phillies are are kind of running up against their internal ceiling, no? See, that's what I thought too. But it kind of sounds like by all the report, by all reports that they're ready to spend again on on some big names. Like, I mean, you know, it's 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 interesting. Like, I thought the exact same thing. I thought that they would kind of be in the the middle part of the the spending this off season. But by by the reporting, it seems like they uh, they're ready to to get back in there. I mean, listen, I'm never going to complain about teams spending money. Uh, it's good for baseball, and it's good for fun teams. And if the Phillies uh, just decided to put together a super team, that would be super fun. I mean, uh, like a super hitting team. The pitching would be the 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 pitching would remain a bit of a disaster beyond uh, Nola and uh, and Wheeler. But I digress. Uh, Jake, where do you like Bogarts? Yeah, I actually have uh, I have Bogarts going to the Mariners. I think uh, I think that's a huge hole for them. As JP Crawford's kind of like the most average player in the major leagues i feel like he doesn't do anything great he kind of just does everything <laughs> he, he exists yeah exa- i mean like he doesn't play amazing defense he doesn't play bad defense he doesn't hit amazing he doesn't hit incredibly poorly he's not like an austin hedges up there but yeah i i, I think it'd be a great fit a team that lost noel v Marte to trade uh this past offseason trading him for luis castillo kind of a guy that they viewed as their shortstop of the future uh, yeah, signing signing a guy like Bogarts would be an absolute. It would it would be an amazing move for them, a team that has great starting pitching and could desperate desperately need a bat to really take them to the next level for sure. So sorry, just I, I like the Mariners and I have a shortstop going to the Mariners in in a little bit. Okay, there's just a report, like I mean, an hour ago, just I did a quick yeah, yeah, yeah. Twi- Twitter search really quick just to do a little bit more see on the Philly spending so. Today, Dombrowski said, we have complete flexibility to do whatever we like. Let's go. And then he said, there are four really good shortstops out there, right? I wouldn't get into any specifics on which one we like, but we like all of them. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, hey, that yeah, definitely exciting for the Phillies for sure. Oh, man. Being a Phillies fan, that must be life is good right now for Philadelphia fans. And I mean, like they definitely need pitching too, but you say you go out and sign Bogarts and then you just sign a couple decent pitchers to shore up that back end. Like Ranger Suarez, if if they can get what he did in the postseason this year all season as a three and then just sign a couple decent pitchers, sign Bogarts, that's a team that, yeah, could could maybe prove that they weren't a fluke and, and head back to the World Series. That would be very fun if they went out and, and did all the did did fun things. I I'm never gonna complain <laughs> about a team doing fun things. The Phillies sound ready to do fun things. So just just a question on the Mariners for Bogarts. Do you think that they would move him off short to keep because JP Crawford's a really solid defender, so I mean obviously you you don't prioritize JP Crawford yeah. over Xander Bogarts. <laughs> but you know This if, is this is JP Crawford's house. If if you have them both, like would that be something where you look to move like Bogarts to third or maybe you even let Bogarts DH? Like I mean I think it's interesting because I think if they brought over Bogarts, Crawford could potentially be a platoon option with Dylan Moore. 
So if he's going to be platooning, it probably just makes more sense to keep Bogarts every day at short and not have him flip-flopping back and forth between second and then back at short when Crawford's not playing against left-handed pitching. So I think I think Bogarts could definitely stick at short, but if they don't platoon Crawford, then I think yeah, it would it would be an interesting question for sure. Yeah, I think he'd be he'd be an interesting fit at third for sure. Obviously, they have Suarez, and like I mean, you know, I I, I don't know when I think about Xander and like switching going off short, like I think of him more at third than second. Hundred percent, yeah, I, I I'd yeah. agree with that, yeah. But uh, yeah, I know I, I really like the Mariners too. I think that they're going to kind of be a sneaky spending team. And I was kind of hoping to shock you guys with my Mariners, a shortstop to the Mariners pick. So you beat me to it. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought they were going to get I one mean... of the big shortstops. So I was definitely debating a couple other guys too. So I, I guess he... It's yeah. okay. There's there's still there's still time for surprises. There's still time for surprises. Let's uh let's move to number five now, and we've got Justin Verlander, the ageless wonder. He is fresh off a World Series ring. The Fangraphs article has a quote quote Verlander has stated he wants to pitch until age forty five. So we have certainly not seen the last of Justin Verlander, but before he gets to age forty five, he's gotta sign a contract for his age forty season. Where will he land for that year? Yeah, I think JV's definitely a super interesting free agent just because he's 40. Pitching to 45 would be insane, kind of doing his Tom Brady impersonation there. But um, yeah, I have him going back to the Astros. I don't know. I think a guy at his age just deciding to move his family across the country, I just can't really see it. I just I just think he's going to stay with the Astros. I think they want him. I think he wants to be there. And yeah, I mean they just won the World Series, so why wouldn't they want to bring him back, and why wouldn't he want to be there? I mean, even at age 40, I mean, like, obviously there's concern that he could just totally regress, but there's not too many signs of it. Obviously, he had some struggles in the World Series, but that's nothing new. He was incredible in the regular season. This guy's gonna win the Cy Young in the AL, so yeah, I mean, I I see no reason for the Astros not to bring him back. I would say that's a pretty fair assessment on the Astros front. Zach, what do you have for Justin Verlander? We might have to cut this part out, but hopefully he doesn't do his Tom Brady impersonation (laughs) at at home, because (laughs) Kate Upton being in stands is great. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Anyways... I did not see that coming. That's good. (laughs) I I think uh, I think you're totally right that I have him going back to the Astros as well, right? Like it seems like kind of the natural fit for him. It's he's going to win the Cy Young. They won the World Series. There doesn't seem to be any reason for the two not to figure something out. Um, Just to throw something out there, like I mean, I I have him. I put in mind so Astros, and then I put sneaky Tigers. Well, uh, like I was about to, I was about to say, like you think the Tigers are kicking themselves for trading him all those years ago, uh, but like uh, that's uh, that's kind of like a sneaky, like keep an eye out. Yeah, I mean they obviously are trying to spend money after last season. They feel like they're they're up and coming. Obviously, this season was not great for them. Their young guys didn't really perform like you had hoped, but. You know, maybe you bring JV in to, to headline your rotation next year. You bring him back. Obviously, you know, it'll be interesting to see which hat that Verlander goes into the Hall of Fame with now at this point, right? Like, I mean, it probably was a lock a couple of years ago that it would be with the Tigers, but now two World Series, a couple Cy Youngs with Houston. I think it's totally reasonable for him to do that. So, 
you know maybe the <laughs> the memories aren't as fond for of uh for Verlander of Detroit as it would be vice versa but you know I think if he kind of does have those lasting memories it'd be a really good spot for him yeah exactly that like it's I don't know I really love that little sneaky mention I think that's a I think it's a fun one I don't know if it'll happen but I certainly think it's a fun one so we're into the top five and we have uh Zach's best athlete in any sport uh, we'll get to that hot take another day, baby. Uh, Jacob Degrom, uh, I cannot believe this guy is thirty-five years old. It feels like he's like in his like twenties still. Uh, I know he debuted really late, but uh, can't believe he's thirty-five. He's still an impeccable player. Um, like this guy is just a, another level. The Mets seem like they should open the pocketbook for him. He's also obviously dealt with significant injury concerns in recent years. So where does Jacob DeGrom's future lie? Jake, I'll start with you. Yeah, so I I do have him going back to the Mets. I don't know, just a team like the Mets that loves to spend money. I can't really see them not dishing it out for DeGrom. There's no reason not to, in my opinion. Obviously, the injuries are a concern, but at the same time, like, Injuries are a concern for every starting pitcher. It's not just Jacob DeGrom. They all have their risks. He's had injuries in the past, so maybe he can overcome that. Obviously tough at his age, but when he's on the mound, I think there's no question he's the most dominant guy in baseball. And if the Mets want to continue to be a powerhouse, I don't know if they can do it without signing DeGrom. It's it's interesting just because the Mets haven't had success with what they've been doing, so maybe they want to switch it up. Maybe use that money spread it around the team but i don't know i just i just think it's a no-brainer move just bring back to grom if he wants to be back here and they have the money to pay him why not do it zach i see you nodding your head is that you agreeing that it's all mets for Degrom? i mean it should be you know they, they've got the money um i agree with everything jake said like how do you how do you not bring this guy back right like he's so instrumental and kind of going into the playoffs you know we were talking we're like you know how do you beat the mets you got to and scherzer it's not the same when you're saying how do you beat the mets they got scherzer yeah. <laughs> scherzer and you know, doesn't, who else doesn't doesn't have the same. <laughs> yeah. you know so i think they should so i kind of teased it to jury before there was one guy on my list that i i wrote next to his name i literally have no idea and it was Degrom for my prediction so you know because uh i believe it was two days ago maybe yesterday andy martino um reported that the mets would hesitate to match an offer of four years from another team so if that's all it takes then you know maybe some team that's looking for to shock their team into contention right away really does that like i mean maybe texas that could be an offer where they're like, yeah, we'll just give you four years. Like, I mean, you know, we're spending money anyways, so let's let's bring in DeGrom. Let's see what we can do. Um, you know, in terms of other teams willing to do that, like I could see the Yankees doing that. could see the Braves doing that realistically. Um, but just for the vibe so that I actually do have a prediction, I am going to predict Jacob DeGrom to the Baltimore Orioles. Let's Ooh. go. I was waiting for you to drop that, and if you weren't going to, I was going to. <laughs> How stupid and how fun would that be? Uh, you put that little nugget in my brain a couple of months ago. I don't know if it was on the pod or not. And I have not been able to stop thinking about it. And there has since 
been tweets as I think you and I have gone back and forth. The three of us have gone back and forth noting the existence of said the Orioles are interested in DeGrom uh, tweets. So to have it on the record is very good. And all I got to say is future Oriole Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, yeah, the, the three years, four years uh, thing is definitely interesting. I mean, they signed Scherzer to a three-year $130 million contract. So they're probably just looking to do the exact same with the Grom. I'm, I'm sure that's like around the range that they're starting negotiations at. But yeah, I mean, if a team's willing to go four years and the Mets aren't, I'm, I mean, he's obviously going to be more interested in a four-year deal, deal for sure. You mentioned the Rangers. I think that's definitely interesting as well. I, I predicted Rodon to the Rangers, but maybe we see a swap there. Rodon going to the Mets and then the Rangers ended up taking to Grom. That's, that's definitely something I could see as well. Yeah, I mean, with DeGrom, really, why wouldn't you sign him, right? Obviously, the injury history, sure, but, like, I mean, you know, he's he's probably the best pitcher in baseball, I think. He's so dominant, and, you know, any team would be lucky to have him, and it'd be very cool for an up-and-coming team like the Rangers or Orioles to kind of shell out the money to, to get him and jumpstart their... I mean, obviously, their rebuilds have kind of already been started, but jumpstart their their foray into contention yeah the Orioles are interesting for sure because they're a team that that produced pretty well offensively but they have a ton of pitchers that that were pitching well that you just don't think it's going to continue so yeah adding to a pretty solid core a, a really good farm system for the Orioles too as well so adding to a really song solid young core of prospect hitters and guys at the major league level adding a pitch p- pitcher is something that they definitely need to do yeah the Jacob deGrom storyline um, throughout this winter is probably going to be the single most interesting one to follow. Not necessarily because he's the best free agent, not necessarily because there's going to be the most suitors, but because, like you said, Zach, his future is super up in the air and super fascinating. Yeah, I, I think you said it all. There's, uh, you know, if, if I had to have one pitcher in a game, I would pick DeGrom. And, you know, for for any team out there that is looking to get to the playoffs that's that's the guy that you want to have and obviously i think that we all agree that it probably should be the mets doing that but you know if, if they balk at that then then let's get let's get freaky hey you know let's, exactly let's get freaky let's let's cruise into the number three spot here it's carlos correa zach you kind of hinted a little bit about where you had correa headed why don't you dive into that a little bit more yeah so i got correa going to the cubs Oh, yes. Whoa, <laughs> that's not what I expected you to say. So, okay, so let me back this up. So Correa and the Cubs are like kind of, they've been linked in the past, right? And I, you know, last year I actually thought that Correa was going to go to the Tigers and then they went with Baez. And then I definitely thought Correa was going to the Cubs. I, I wish I could remember kind of the reporting around it, but it does seem like there's mutual interest between them and there has been in the past. Um, Morosi said yesterday, he said, I think the Cubs and Correa will be one of the pairs that we'll probably talk about for weeks to come. So, you know, obviously I have the Cubs losing Contreras, but then turning around and signing Correa, it's, it's, it would be interesting. But I, I really do think the Cubs are in such a weird spot where, you know, they spent money last offseason with Suzuki and Stroman and didn't have the year that they probably wanted and you know if they want to kind of keep up with that then you know you get a full year of health from Stroman and you add a guy like Correa and 
you know, I get honestly in the NL Central, anything can happen. So, you know, adding Correa, maybe they they take a shot at at winning that division. Yeah, I, I like that that fit. I like that you've got the receipts. That's what I love. He's uh he's flipping through those DMs. He's flipping through that uh, timeline. He's name searching. Uh, now nah, that's um that's really fascinating actually. And I mean the Cubbies obviously were a tire fire last year, and I, I don't think that they were really expected. Like they were going to be maybe in the mix, but certainly they weren't expected to be anything resembling a a bona fide contender last year. Um, so to add Correa going in this year, um, even if they lose Contreras, I wonder if the song they're singing on the North Side is a little bit different this time around. But that one. That one's gonna sit in the back pocket for a while. I I'm super fascinated by by that, especially given that there has been plenty of of Cub Correa reporting. Um, Jake, do you have a different landing spot for Carlos Correa? Shockingly, I don't. I actually have him at the Cubs. I I did not. <laughs> no way. I did not expect you to say the Cubs. I totally thought you were to say the Mariners. And yeah, I was I, I was shocked. I I debated on him back and forth between the Cubs and the Mariners. I was kind of like, okay, Xander's gonna go Xander and Korea. I'm like, I want one to go to the Mariners, one to go to the Cubs. But I thought Korea to the Cubs just made a little bit more sense than Xander, just because he's younger and it kind of fits their timeline a bit more. But yeah, I mean, the Cubs are a team that has money. They're not paying anybody, and it seems like the right time for them to make a splash and just and just lock up a guy that is really underrated. Honestly, I I think Korea doesn't get enough attention for how good of a player he is both offensively and defensively um they have a really good defensive shortstop actually in nico horner already and they traded for nick madrigal from uh from the white Sox. so it's i'm interested to see if they sign korea where they would move all those guys to but i mean magical is kind of a guy that's been dipping in the past few years i was really excited about him coming up through the minors i thought he would just be a really safe bet as a guy that's gonna hit 300 and play good defense but He's been hurt, and he didn't really produce well when he was healthy in 2022, so I'm not sure what his timeline looks like. But yeah, I mean, I I, I see kind of no reason for the Cubs not to go after a big-name shortstop, and yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be Correa. Yeah, obviously obviously Horner's really good, too. I could see Correa moving to third as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I think that Correa's defense may have been a little overstated, especially this past... I mean, not not historically, but especially this past year. And maybe that's a little bit of... I'm playing in Minnesota, and I don't care about playing defense, so I'm just going to... Nick, Cas- Nick Castellanos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I actually wasn't trying, so wait until I try again. But, um, you know, if, if that is real, like, he, he would fit in perfectly at third base with the Cubs and, you know, even in the middle infield, right? Like, whatever they want to do with him, but... I, I I'm happy that you went with him there too. I think that that's that's pretty funny that we both had him going. Yes, there. We, we've had a couple of a uh, couple of twin picks. Yeah, Correa and Swanson. I I did, like the two teams that kind of aren't aren't big name teams like the Cubs and the Twins, and we both picked them. That's yeah, it's definitely interesting. We and we and we did not discuss this before at all. It's completely by coincidence. So pretty cool. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's roll on to the top shortstop in the class, at least by fan graphs, uh, and that would be Trey Turner. Uh, did you guys see the tweet that Jeff Passan sent out about uh, the CAA demo reel for Trey Turner? It was uh, it was narrated by Will Arnett, I believe. Um, I think it was it was and, John Hamm. Uh, was it John Hamm? I knew it was one or the other. Uh, it was a guy with a, a silky smooth voice that um, 
was, I don't know, just clearly had nothing better to do with their time than make a trade Turner hype reel. Um, I mean, I guess for both of you guys, I'll, I'll start with you, Jake. We're at number two now, um, and we're really getting into the big boys, so I would presume you've got one of the big spenders probably walking away with Turner? Yeah, you're, you're right. So, yeah, we went with the Cubs for Correa. We went with the Twins for Swanson. And, yeah, I'm going with one of the big boys for Turner. I think he's going back to the Dodgers. I just, I don't know. I can't see them. It's just weird for the Dodgers to let good players walk. Just the way their franchise works, the way they spend money. I don't think they're going to let Turner walk. I think he's one of the best players in the league. And, yeah, I think they could they could obviously use him. I mean, I don't think that they're, they're going to look at moving Gavin Lux to short and then playing Chris Taylor at second. I, I just think that they need to add at least one of the big name shortstops and why not just add the guy that you already have at shortstop in, in Trey Turner? Yeah, running Gavin Lux at shortstop would be A, an unmitigated disaster defensively and uh, B, um, very un-Dodger-like. Although, I mean, knowing the Dodgers, Gavin Lux would turn around and live up to his hype <laughs> and be a six-war uh, shortstop for, for reasons unbeknownst to man. But yeah, the, the Turner fit there seems logical. Uh, Zach, do you agree with that logical fit? Yeah, I mean, I think he would definitely fit well in L.A., and it, it is weird to let see them, you know, letting all these guys walk. I guess they just, you know, replace them whenever they want with Freddie Freeman types. But, um, you know, I, I did hint, this was the one that I hinted at, so I've got Trey Turner going to the Mariners. I think he, as a versatile option, is it would be a really good fit in Seattle. And, you know, imagine him and Julio. They need another bat in that lineup, and you put him... At, at as your leadoff hitter with guys like Julio and I, I think that that he's a really good fit there you know you can put him at short you can put him at second base if you really like JP Crawford who comes up in another elite shortstop conversation <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know I I um yeah I really do like his fit with the Mariners and obviously that leaves the Dodgers like you guys said with Gavin Lux but I it seems weird that the reporting hasn't been a lot about them bringing Turner back. And it seems that they like to extend guys. So I don't know, maybe they are just willing to let him walk. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how in the mix they are compared to these other teams. I, um, I wonder if it's a case of Turner even being like, I'm testing the waters and uh, I'll get back to you on that for no reason other than to, to hit the open market. But um, both of those picks, I think, I mean, the, the Dodgers one makes a ton of sense. And the Mariners one, as we've outlined, uh, makes a ton of sense for them to be in the market for a big name. Um, it sounds like they are equipped to go big game hunting. But, um, I mean, there's uh, there's some options out here. So who that will ultimately be is the, is the question. Uh, finally, we have reached our number one free agent. Uh, it is no surprise Aaron Judge who just had a, uh, call it Ruthian, call it Bonzian, call it whatever you want. He just went absolutely sicko mode. Uh, and now the Yankees um, have let uh, the best hitter in baseball walk all the way to free agency, uh, which they sh- surely did not envision happening back during spring training when they did not sign him to an extension. Uh, I mean, he still could very well end up in a Yankees uniform, but there are others swirling and hoping to 
poach this guy out of uh, out of the Bronx. So the question is, will he remain with the Yankees, or could he head elsewhere? Is uh, is it time for Aaron Judge in Coors? Uh, but uh, I mean, that would be really fun. No, but seriously, where where is Aaron Judge headed? Uh, Zach, I'll start with you. Yeah, I hate to be this guy, but I have him going back to the Yankees. I nerd. Yeah, <laughs> I know nerd. it's it's nerd. it's unfortunate, but when I think about it, the you know how can you not bring him back if you're the Yankees? You're gonna be the Yankees, and you're gonna let the best guy walk. You know, it's it seems a little counterintuitive to the Yankees that we've grown up with and hated you know it's um (laughs) i think that if the yankees let judge walk we need to record an immediate slander pod that the yankees are a low market team the team with a low payroll that's not willing to spend to win you know all the stuff that the yankees would say about other teams so (laughs) but yeah weak metal they have weak metal you know it's it's um there's there's definitely a lot of good fits for him like you mentioned there's a lot of teams that are going to be in the mix but you know if, if i'm the yankees you just gotta outspend everybody else to get this guy back there's no really other option if you are the new york yankees jake is he gonna stick with the pinstripes yeah so i, I hate to go boring on the top two picks but we're looking at free agents for the los angeles dodgers and the new york yankees so both teams it's hard to see them not going back out and getting their guys getting trey turner and the yankees getting Aaron Judge, who I'm going to predict that they are going to get Aaron Judge back. I mean, you look at their outfield right now without Aaron Judge, with them playing Giancarlo Stanton at DH, it's Oswaldo Cabrera, Harrison Bader, and Aaron Hicks. That's just not going to cut it for a team that has all the pressure in the world to make the World Series every year. I don't see them... I I don't know how they can let Judge walk and show their faces. Like, I, I, I think... Their fan base is going to go nuts, and I, I just can't. I, I I just don't think they can let it happen. If uh, if Judge walks, uh, Cashman will need to enter witness protection. Yeah. Uh, it would be ugly, uh, to say the least. Because both of you guys are boring, smart, <laughs> and uh, and complete nerds, uh, I'll throw out the Giants, who we've tossed out for a couple of big names, but um, they've articulated that they will move heaven and earth to acquire Aaron Judge. So if he's on the table, um, I mean, I think that the Giants do everything in their power to go get him. Uh, Would his home runs translate to, uh, you know, San Francisco is a different question, but also I don't think that they would even care because it's Aaron Judge and you're going out and trying to get the best player in baseball. But, I mean, on both of your guys' fronts, it's totally fair to be like, yeah, it's the Yankees. They don't let guys like Aaron Judge walk. I mean, maybe they're scared off by the price tag, right? Like, I mean, you know, speaking about a guy that just hit 62 home runs, but you look at his, like, you know, we kind of talked about steamer projections. Like, I mean, obviously they're still very good. But, uh, you know, like, I mean, are they what you want from somebody that you're going to spend $35 million on. Like maybe the Yankees are like, yeah, you guys can have a 40 year old Aaron judge. We don't really want to deal with that, especially if you're going to be paying him $35 million. So on, on that side, maybe you understand that thinking if you're thinking about what year would that be? 2031 is if that's even a real year, but yeah, you know, know. (laughs) you know, like, I mean, 
a 40-year-old Aaron Judge making $35 million, he's probably not going to be hitting 62 home runs. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty well fair in terms of assessment. The other thing, too, is that uh, tall guys do not age gracefully, and this is a large human being. So injuries have already been a problem uh, historically for Judge, and obviously his health was pristine this year. Uh, but, you know six foot whatever guys he's what six foot seven or something insane like that uh those guys do not tend to age gracefully. i mean listen no one hates hates the yankees as much as me so i would love to see judge not resign with the yankees it's just my prediction i mean the giants are, are a pretty cool pick i mean i'm looking at his expected home runs right now you said i don't know how, how well it would translate expected home runs in uh in san francisco is 61 this year so i mean i in last year 31 so i mean I, th- I think he'd be fine. I think he's a guy that hits the ball hard, so it doesn't really matter what ballpark he plays in. Obviously, it's it's better for him to play in Yankee Stadium, but he's still going to be an incredible hitter no matter where he goes. So, And yeah, the Giants are, are a team that doesn't pay anybody money right now, so they could definitely afford Judge, and it, it'd be a good start for them getting back on track to being uh, the juggernaut that they were in the early 2010s. Yeah, the Giants, or excuse me, the yes, the the Giants. I mean, yeah, the if they're gonna do it, like there's no better guy to do it on than uh, than Judge. Uh, I want to pose a little bit of a call it a surprise question for you guys because let's let's not end it with Aaron Judge uh, on a boring pick like that. Uh, is there someone that we haven't talked about today, uh, and you don't have to dive too deep into it or anything like that, just kind of off the top of your dome? Uh, is there anybody that you think is gonna be a sneaky good pickup? Uh, for somebody out there uh, or somebody that you're just overall excited to see how their free agency unfolds. Zach, I'll, I'll lead off with you. Yeah, just, I got to go with J.D. Martinez. I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be a sneaky good pickup, but um, I am interested to see where he goes, right? Like he's 35. He is a, you know, a, a really good hitter. Like, I mean, he kind of lost that home run power this year. And obviously, Jake, I'm sorry that I just stole your pick, but uh, <laughs> but he, yeah, no, like, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, I think he's done in Boston, so he's going to be moving on somewhere else. Like, I mean, I could see him being a good fit with an NL team where, you know, he's obviously a DH at this point in his career. You can't play him in the outfield. He only hit 16 home runs this year. He hit a lot of doubles, though, so you know, maybe he could be a Coors merchant. That would be fun. Put him out there. That, in, would, in that would be fun. Um, but no, like, I mean, he's, he's, he's a great hitter. And I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see where the market takes him. No, I'm, I'm actually glad that you said Martinez because I was going to say Martinez, but I also wanted to say another player. I, I wanted to go with Michael Brantley. I think, uh, I think Brantley would be a really good fit with the White Sox. I think they, they definitely need an outfielder and yeah, I mean, I, I, I I guess Michael Brantley's kind of not a bad fit for anybody, right? He's just, he's the definition of a professional hitter, so he could go anywhere and kind of, and really fit in. But yeah, I wanted to talk about JD too, because I think he's another super underrated uh, guy on the market, and I think the Padres would be a really good fit for Martinez, for sure. How about you, Jory? You got one? Uh, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, Chris Flexen, I'm hearing some rock. <laughs> I don't know if I got one in particular, but I do think that this is going to be a very fun very fun free agency class. This is one of the best free agency classes that I can recall even yeah. in my lifetime. This is just another level of, of elite. There's so many exciting names, and I am just so, so ready 
for silly season to get rolling. So that's going to do it for us at the 463 Podcast. We want to thank you very much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the 463 Pod. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever else you get your podcast fixed. Ladies and gentlemen, the offseason is upon us. Free agency is upon us. It's time for silly season.